Hey guys, and welcome to the Unplugged Health series. I'm here virtually with Roger, and it's been it's been a while. I think we've only done like two or three episodes this year, but for obvious reasons, we we stopped the side by side, and we decided we're going to do some virtual stuff for the time being. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm good. I uh, you know we've obviously had the pleasure of touching base a bit through through the joys of lockdown. Um, but uh, as you know, we're now back, well, say up and running, we're, we're kind of in a, a phased return and opening back in our centre. And uh, on, on one hand, it's still very strange. I'm having to wear you know, PPE and, uh, and, and all sorts. You saw me the other day. And, um, but it's just been great to get a sense of getting back into, uh, I, I, don't, I want to res resist the, the temptation of back to normal, but I also don't like the idea of, uh, back to new normal. I, I'm trying to really see it as getting back to a, a better normal because uh, there's a lot of things that I've observed that I think um, kind of many people don't want to go back to some things of normal and other people want to improve on some things. I don't know what you've found. Yeah, I, I've found, well, personally, if, if we use our own experiences uh, ourselves, for example, I know that this has allowed me to develop differing habits of my own health that I was exercising pretty much every day and I can take some steps back because exercise as we discuss and I can't wait for the gyms to be open because that's my real release and the home workouts don't cut it as much as the gym workouts but I don't need to train every single day and it's allowed me to just pull back and uh, give back to my body uh, fuel it up right get the cardio in right and then get the amount of training I want to be in and I feel that it's allowed us in a lot of other areas as well to step back and find that what are the things we, we feel are important in our lives. For me, family has been a big thing where it's actually um, something I've appreciated more when, when I actually go and see my mum now. Just all that time where we had to be virtual and now being able to actually see someone, it's allowed me to appreciate what are these things we find important. And I think that a lot of people around us as well have, have actually that I've spoken to have, have noticed these different things as well. Yeah, I think also we've, we've really underestimated the importance of um, connection and, and, and feeling, feeling that connection and seeing people and catching up there. Just remind me of... You didn't turn the phone off. That's because <laughs> Rachel wasn't there to say, turn the phone off. Live and unplugged, as we've always said. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting to see that and, and want to see that people getting back to that connection. Some people, I think everyone's been on a, on a roller coaster of, of, of emotions of trying to get used to a lockdown, trying to understand what it is, missing certain things. But I think a lot of people also, as you say, have, have taken advantage of that opportunity to have some quiet time to reflect. I've got a lot of patients who have started new exercise or different programs, which has been, which have been great. I've got some who have gone from zero to a hundred and paying the price for it. Um, and as I said, some people who just realize they don't want to go back to, to what was going on before, or when things that go back into more of a normal routine, they're going to try, if they, and it'll be the interesting, try and hold on to some things of doing their daily yoga or meditation or, or embarking on an exercise. But I think, um, yeah, it's just been a really strange time from, from many people of missing things, but also finding new things. Um, 
So it's uh, it's still a very much a transitional period. Oh yeah, and then looking at, uh, for example, my wife had a, a call with her work this morning, and they were talking about people not necessarily even having to go back to work full time in the office. And I think there's been a lot of transitions that people are going to realise that they're going to save money at this time, that uh, they don't need as many people physically. People can work from home, and there's like. Yeah, as much as I hate the new normal, because I don't see there was too much wrong with, with the way we were about to deal with, with the virus in the first place. And I think we had this discussion before all this blew up on, I think that was on the last podcast, we were talking about what is the coronavirus and how people can boost their immune system. And I still honestly feel when we look at the stats that have gone on, is that if we look after our health and look after our immune system, we're going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, one of our big things coming out as a practice and, and from a, you mentioned from a personal benefit from me, I mean, we just moved house just before um, lockdown and actually just before, just after we moved house, my wife had coronavirus. So, so a lot of lockdown and coronavirus for us has actually been getting used to being in a new house and getting some stuff done, but also recovering from, from, from coronavirus and, and, um, and coming through. So we've actually gone the opposite of, of not gone overboard and trying to install too much additional stress and additional physical load. We've actually had enjoyed it more of a period of reflection and, and trying and healing. Um, but, but through that, I've observed, and the question that, that I, I feel strongly that hasn't been raised enough out in the medical or, or in, the, in the healthcare circles, and I think because of timing at the moment we've been in crisis and we've been trying to understand the virus but there hasn't been enough question of why are those vulnerable people vulnerable in the first place and when you look at the state um, some would argue there's a an overreaction from the healthy to fearing the virus and i think that's only been generated to protect the vulnerable but there's not enough questions going on as how those vulnerable got vulnerable in the first place and a lot of them as we've always said is a lot of it is lifestyle and um modern day lifestyle conditions which get people in, in to be the vulnerable first. So I'm hoping that coming out, and we're going to position ourselves strongly, um, and we've always been a big pro of vitamin D. There's some great research and, and articles and observations of vitamin D and coronaviruses, is trying to spearhead that of when we get out of it and we're going and we come in that 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 period of reflection, how can we try and encourage people to look at as Let's not try and get, or let's try and avoid being vulnerable in the first place. Because the same vulnerable group is the same vulnerable group each winter, which is highlighted for flu. And there will be still that same vulnerable group who will be vulnerable for coronavirus because it's not going to go away overnight. We've got a false sense of we're coming out of lockdown, so we, we're feeling it's all right at the moment. But the virus is still out there. And that vulnerable group is still vulnerable. It is. Uh, however, when we look at people that um, yes vulnerable people are still vulnerable but also having weaker strains of a virus and people building up the antibodies that i i feel that awareness of the vulnerability so people that have maybe got the problems with, with their immune system problems with their health that have the vulnerabilities they're a bit more aware of it now so if they can do something about it that a lot of autoimmune conditions can be treated with good nutrition good stress management and good lifestyle management 
that they've got an ability to say, oh, actually, I really need to do something about my health. And we've, we've even seen Boris Johnson uh, go on about that. Well, not go on about it, but start running. I think there was an article, someone moaned about you shouldn't be able to run, but he was given permission by the Queen to run in Buckingham Palace to do his exercise in the garden. So um, it's something where uh, I definitely think that people have more awareness of it now. Yeah, and, and it's actually serious, pretty serious. There's that one element that there's some people who are unfortunately are so far down the line that they have advanced uh, disease and advanced things, you know, like you can see certainly through our experience from my wife with coronavirus, if you had cystic fibrosis and COPD and really significant asthma elements, how vulnerable you are. And so the message shouldn't be to downplay the virus. However, there's that, 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 that not so severe point, uh, population group or those are just on the cusp. What about those, those who over the next two, three years are going to come into autoimmune or going to come into that vulnerable group because of the accumulative effect. And most of those people in some things, you know, there's studies and lifestyle changes shown to be able to reverse some of these, these symptoms or, or this vulnerability. So um, there's not enough discussion at the moment down the line. And I, I don't think it's the right time, but I think in another probably four, six, eight months, um, I hope there's some reflection where people say, you know what, I, what can I do so that I don't become vulnerable in, in, again? Uh, I'm not bulletproof, but there's things that I can take control with. Oh, definitely. Uh, and I feel that I, I would like to see, I don't know if it would ever happen, but I'd like to see mainstream media start telling people more about that. And so it's that information is much more available rather than just finding the negatives and that sort of thing. If that's going to happen is if you drive an emotion to it and that emotion is either going to be, you know, fear, which is very, very powerful um, or gain. And unfortunately, people are just more motivated. Lockdown was, was highlighted on fear. Um, and, and, and now it's backfiring because there's a lot of fear for people coming out of lockdown. I've got patients who want to come see us, but they haven't been out of the, really been out in circulation for eight weeks. And they're very fear-based and very nervous of going out just to, even just to go out to the park or go to, go. they haven't been anywhere. It's, it's powerful that, and that on one hand, that I know I've been, and I've been pretty vocal about it on, we're not going to go into the details on here because we want to like keep it a bit as unbiased as possible about the lockdown. Is it something we needed or not needed and for and against that? The government has done such a good job and the media mainly has done such a good job with the fear tactics to get people to comply with lockdown now they're trying to get people out the other end and say look it is okay to do this and to do that and to take get your kids to go to school it is okay to do that but they're so scared that they can't do that so how long do we feel it's going to take to actually get back to a normal sense of on normal level of fear, because there's fear in the yeah. back of our minds all the time when we go out, right? You could get hit by a bus or something. And there's been some great talks and stats about putting it into context compared to what other risk factors um, people get exposed to in a daily life. Um, and, and reality of what the, um, what the fear element of, of A, getting coronavirus and then having com complications now, coming out of lockdown, now that we know much, a lot more information. 
I, I, I'm not too critical about how the government handled it. They've had to think on their on their feet, and I, I kind of think they've done a good job. The the media have have you know could be argued either way. I think at some stages they've been um, they've overstepped the mark, but on the on the whole scan, there isn't that that media drive to to support people now coming out. They they we're going to get this hindsight of judging. We could have done this. We could have done that better. We should have done with this. This decision would have saved X amount of lives, which, which I think is very counterproductive. Um, there now needs to be that drive of now. What can we do? And the big, uh, the big challenge I think is coming is that over the next three to three to four months, every two or three weeks, we're going to slightly keep changing the the um, moving the goalpost because of of coming out of lockdown. So people have been a very big challenge of trying to keep up with continual change. It's almost like lockdown for five or six weeks has created stability. Now they keep changing things. You know, there's talk about now with pubs and that of changing the two meter to a meter and a half or a meter. And, and that really what unsettles people because people like, they like consistency, they don't like change. And in fact, the change now is more unsettling than going into lockdown because it's going to continually evolve. It's true, but there, there's a lot of information out there that if people actually look deeper, which unfortunately headlines and marketing, we know that they're the things that catch people that the World Health Organization, as right or wrong as they've been throughout this, their original statement was that one meter was enough. And then we've got two meters, America's got or had six feet, and it's like 1.8 meters. I think France and Italy, Spain were like one point, or Spain were two, but everyone else was like 1.5 meters. So it was so many different measurements as to how, how far should we distance. But it's always been the WHO has stated that a meter is enough. Now, the frustrating thing that I've seen is that last week when I went into a shop, uh, the Daily Mail had. Uh, World Health Organization study proves that it's one meter that could be enough. Now, that study was done pretty much at the start of all this happening. And it's only just been on mainstream media because of trying to that reverse that fear. Now, and, and also when we look into the things that are jumping up that we've seen about the R number and differences there, as in... Uh, it's going up and is it staying the same? And people, again... People I've seen that are worse for actually looking at the stats and looking at the facts seem to be the journalists that I've followed on social media, which yeah, is yeah. like we don't want to go into the, the like deep and then people's views and all that sort of stuff. But I think how can it's something we need to go across? How can people actually find information that they can trust, find information that they can actually implement that is going to be good for them? Because a lot of people are just going straight to bbc or something like that because i mean i've tracked a bit what's going on in south africa and every this as you say there's subtleties and different things and different sources and a lot of it is coming back down to the so-called scientists or the um or the, the professional advice but but there's still a bit of uncertainty there because as you know there can be researchers articles and opinions for the average person, I think it's a case of getting multiple sources and finding common ground rather than just taking one article and going going for. But but the interesting thing before we finish, I know looking at time, is 
there's only two main things which have really been shown to be significantly uh, effective in controlling the spread of a virus. And, and we know from infectious, a history of infectious diseases, it's, it's generally hygiene. And the two things is social distancing and, um, and washing hands. Uh, all these other things add, add to it, but those are the two main big things. And people have got to remember is that the, the focus initially was not to stop the virus, it was slow the spread so that we could cope with it from a medical perspective. And that really hasn't changed. Personally, I've got no data to back this up. I've got no articles, but my, my professional and my observation is I think there's a lot more immunity and herd immunity coming through the, the population because I don't think the numbers have spiked and increased anywhere near which was professionally thought as locked down. Now, that might may, may be totally wrong, and that might still change when pubs, clubs, you know, all the other... Um, health jibs, all the other main places, cinemas, anywhere where a lot of people congregate and sport. But I, I'm being, still being quite surprised that the numbers haven't spiked and those, the death numbers and the case numbers are continuing to drop. So what we're doing is, is working and those vulnerable have probably already been exposed, but I think there's a lot more uh, antibody um, exposure and production. I think there's a lot more resistance out there. Um, but it's, it's those two factors. And it's interesting when people use masks, you look, I don't know if you've observed, you see people wearing masks and gloves and there's a lot of people actually wearing these, these masks and gloves and actually increasing their likelihood of exposure because they're using it incorrectly. Um, you know, it, it's giving either a false sense. So, so it's common sense and finding things, but if people had to choose two things with social distance, uh, avoid the large crowds, um, and then and, and washing hands has been shown to be the most effective to to slow and limit the spread but we're not stopping the spread no and i think the big thing that when we look at some other countries and whether we want to compare like for like or whatever what people are saying with that is that some countries that have handled it better some of the things they've only done is stopped gatherings of large people yeah which has been a, a big like a little bit of social distancing has been advised but most of the time, we don't get within a meter of people anyway. He has the question, though, to, to throw a spanner in the works. It's been seen that somewhere like New Zealand has been very effective is that they've stopped the spread and they've, they've shut the door. Yep. Whereas Sweden hasn't, and they've had a lot more um, continual exposure. Now, from an immune perspective, without a vaccine, Sweden probably are, or likes Sweden, are in better, stronger position than New Zealand. Because what happens as soon as New Zealand tries to open up? That virus worldwide Exposure. is still around, moving around. They will get another, um, they will get another cases or two. So they are relying heavily is to, to keep it locked down and stop the spread. And, the, and then the only solution then is a vaccine. They've got no herd immunity. Whereas, within the absence of vaccine, herd immunity is important, but you don't want people to then go around and have a, have a coronavirus party because of the vulnerable. So through time, I think that we're getting more exposure purely because we're trying to get the happy balance. I think the governments have done a really good job because, because they've had to play the game on both sides. And at the moment, it's now trying to get the economy going because you actually create a bigger issue down the line, mental health, financial issues, knock-on effects because of that 
And it's always been about slowing down and controlling the spread of the virus, not stopping it. So yeah, I, think I think it's going to be very interesting following that. Um, but I think still it's that washing hands and social distancing. And I think, you know, if the distancing is important, then a meter, two meters, I'm going to take two meters. But I don't know of how much, you know, certain industries are going to want that to come down because they can operate better. Yeah, I mean, when we actually look at the studies and, and how is it better for the economy, if we follow the study of World Health Organization saying one meter, but then that improves the economy, it's going to lower stress, which is going to boost our immune function. So, but if we're at two meters with lower economy, are we then going to have more other infectious disease or other diseases caused by low immune system, especially when it comes to winter? It's which one is going to be better for us. And I think that's what we need to see over time. Not actually about the virus. Sorry? Actually not just about the virus. That, that's the, that's a, who would want to be a policymaker and a decision maker in, in, in power of influence? The decisions are not purely based on the virus. It is not purely based on the economy. It's based on, on all these factors altogether. And that's why it's so complex. Definitely, definitely. Well, we're, we're only recording a short one today, but we want to open up for questions when it comes to recording future shows. We're going to do some more like this and hopefully when we're able to do some, um, some shows in person again. But it's definitely worthwhile if we look at on our next show to cover more of how we improve our immune system after having three months of low activity, higher stress and things like that. I think it's important that we start looking at at supporting people and becoming a voice and a point of contact to support people going forward to that because I don't think mainstream media is is going to be focusing on that as much as as we what we know we feel they should. Definitely. So, guys, thank you for watching, listening on this show. And uh, if you have questions, fire them over. If you see Roger in in, uh, in the clinic, then go over and actually ask some questions social distancing obviously and we'll we'll get them answered on the next yeah. possible show thanks yeah. for watching guys Good. thanks to everyone for hooking in and obviously uh those people listening to on the, on the podcast thanks very much and those people who have watched um thanks to them and we'll catch up with everyone soon thank you